spotlighting Hawaii's leaders. We want to bring in Governor David Ige. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Lieutenant Governor, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Mayor Derek Kawakami. Thank you so much, uh, Senator, for being here. Spotlighting the issues. Where is the virus right now in our community? How much is this overall going to cost the state? How are you responding to the community's concerns? Talk about the level of citations that you guys are writing. Spotlight Hawaii with Yanji Denise and Ryan Kalei Suji on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Longstrugs. Aloha and thanks so much for tuning in here to Spotlight Hawaii on the digital platforms of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. I'm Ryan Kalei Suji. Yunji has the day off, so you're stuck with just me, but not only me, but of course, we always like to feature a special guest. And today we're going to be catching up with someone who we haven't had the opportunity to talk to yet on this show, but she has become a familiar face within the state. We're going to be bringing in now from Washington Place, First Lady Don Amano Ige. Good morning, First Lady. Thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Ryan. It's great to be here. You know, uh, we have a lot to talk about. Eight years are coming to an end for you and the governor. Uh, let's just first start off by talking about what these eight years have been like for you. Uh, it seems to have gone by fairly quickly, I'm sure. Uh, but talk about some of the things that you've experienced during this time as First Lady. You know, the eight years has gone by very quickly, as you know, Ryan. We were, it just seemed like a little while ago, we were planning our inauguration. Um, but then so many things, as we all know, have, have happened since that time. And, uh, you know, I think what, uh, what comes to me in working in these past eight years is just the remarkable people that I've had to work with and the opportunity I've had to collaborate with so many community members, community leaders, and to be able to see what is going on in our community that makes it so special. And uh, I've had, as an educator, I've had the opportunity to go and visit many schools and educational events, and just to see and to learn and to be part of uh, what has been going on in that field. You know, we, of course, spoke to your husband uh, just recently, and he's been on the show a, a number of times uh, over the past two years. And one of the things we talked about was just the many challenges that he's had to overcome and lead during this uh, time of his administration, uh, everything from, of course, COVID-19 to volcanic eruptions and so forth. Uh, as the First Lady, as someone who supports your husband, what has that been like for you navigating through some of these very difficult times that the state has had to endure. You know, there were so many ups and downs with those situations. A crisis is always something that is not planned, it's unexpected, and you have to just kind of navigate your way through each event. And as First Lady, you know, my role is to be there, to be the supporter, to be the eyes that perhaps he doesn't see out in the community. Uh, it's been that kind of role, a, a role of very much a supporting role and to look for things that I can do in those kinds of events that would be appropriate for me as First Lady to do that. Um, the pandemic, of course, has been one of the most challenging times that we've had. We would have never known that we would be dealing with a pandemic just um, just you know, five years ago. So something like that has been a very much a learning experience. A um, at the same time, you see what the community can do when they come together. 
you know, one of the things that you've also got to experience in this role is uh, some things that people just normally don't do. You've had state dinners at the White House. Uh, you've met with dignitaries. Uh, you were recently uh, greeted President Biden uh, on a short layover here. Talk about some of the more memorable moments, uh, maybe some of those trips to D.C. Well, what stands out in your mind uh, that you've had the opportunity to do that not many people can say that they've done? You know, we've had the great opportunity to, um, as part of the National Governors Association, to go to the White House and to be able to attend the White House dinners uh, for the governors there. Those have been remarkable experiences because the White House is the people's home. And to be able to walk through those halls, see the portraits of the presidents and the first ladies, uh, just really takes your breath away. The last time I was at the White House was just this past January. And it was one of the, a very memorable time because instead of going for a, the usual first lady's lunch, uh, we had a service project there for military, um, for the National Guard members who were deployed out to different parts um, of the country. And we put together um, uh, kits, care kits with you know different candy, food items. And we had this long assembly line that included the first lady of the United States, the second gentleman, uh, spouses of the military leaders, spouses of governors, all working together to create hundreds of these care kits. And it was a chance for us to just get to know each other, um, do something that was meaningful, and uh, to see the product at the end. It was uh, just a, a privilege to be able to do that. Yeah, if we can just follow up on that, the National Governors Association, because that was one of the things that surprised me was uh, there is, of course, this yearly conference where the governors come together. Yeah. Uh, but it's not only for the governor, it's also for their spouses. There is a complete separate track that happens. Uh, a number of issues are discussed there. If you can share a little bit more about the dynamics that go on there with, you know, the spouses of these governors also coming together to meet. Uh, what has that been like uh, meeting and, and having building these relationships with you know, other first ladies and first gentlemen throughout the country. You know, that has been a, a true pleasure for me to be part of. It is a very much a bi uh, bipartisan kind of group where we focus very much on the issues that uh, mean a lot to the first spouses. It can be, it ranges from uh, anti-hunger issues to trauma-informed care, to education, literacy. It ranges because of course, each spouse has their own kind of interests and expertise. You know, I had the privilege two years ago during the pandemic to serve as the leader of the spouse's uh, leadership committee to serve as chair. And in that time, it was during the pandemic. So our focus was uh, issues during the pandemic. I was able to highlight things like anti-hunger campaigns, uh, child mental health by convening the first ladies, bringing in speakers from across the country to bring light to these issues. But it's uh, that was quite an experience. It was done all virtually. So um, we were able to meet more often than just once a year. We were able to convene about once a quarter. And I think the first uh, virtual meeting we had was uh, our guest, of course, was uh, First Lady Joe Biden, Dr. Joe Biden. Yeah, that's great. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that you were able to accomplish as First Lady. One of them I know uh, has been a passion of yours uh, from the very beginning was uh, the development of Washington Place and the, the things that you have done uh, to that home. If you can share a little more about some of the highlights of the things that you have been able to accomplish uh, with the home since taking over to where it's at right now. 
you know, when, one of the first things I did when I uh, came to Washington Place was just simply walk the grounds and take in the whole place because it's such a, uh, just a tremendous place with so much history, so many families living through, um, living through Washington Place, and you cannot help but feel the spirit of the home. When I first got here, though, the second floor of Washington Place needed much repairs. It wasn't really safe for the for the community or visitors to go and uh, see the second floor, which I really wanted to open up. It was just lots of furniture in there. It wasn't, uh, wasn't a, a place for galleries. But we did um, renovate the second floor for health and safety reasons. Now it's perfectly safe to come up because we have galleries with um, Queen Liliokalani's some of her artifacts, as well as uh, things from John Dominus. We also, for the 175th uh, anniversary, we opened up um, an exhibit focusing on the Queen's life at Washington Place. And as part of that gallery, we have a replica tea dress that she wore at Washington Place. It's seen in many photos. And uh, similar to Iolani Palace with their replica gowns, we have a replica tea dress uh, created by Iris via Crucis, and he went through the historical process of recreating that dress. We also opened the Queen Liliokalani Library here, and people can come do some research. Uh, the State Archives just set up some computers so people are able to go on to the uh, Queen Liliokalani files that are all digitized, and they're able to do their research here as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, th I think a lot of people know, of course, about Iolani Palace. Uh, Washington Place is one of those places that sometimes get forgotten about, but, you know, there is so much history there. Yes. Uh, so it's great to hear that there's so much now that people can actually take in. Uh, another thing that we know that you are passionate about as a former education uh, educator is education itself. And there are a number of initiatives that you worked on during your time as First Lady. Uh, if you can speak to some of the things that you're most proud of as it directly relates to education. One of the things I started is Ohana Readers, and Ohana Readers is just a partnership with many people in the community. Uh, the Hawaii State Library, Friends of the li Library, uh, Learning to Grow, uh, just different people came together to, to see what we could do with the area of providing books to children. So we partnered with the Dolly Parton Imagination Library, and the program is children between the ages of zero to five are able to get a book for free in the mail. And um, this is, they just need to sign up. It's not for the entire state, unfortunately. We just didn't have the funds to do it. We uh, started on Molokai, Lanai, uh, parts of Kauai, and we just started the um, Na'alehu and Pahala area of the Big Island. So they can sign up through, go to our website, sign up. Um, to get the books and uh, there'll be children will be able to read with their families and that was the whole intent of it. So since that time we've been able to distribute over 10,000 books to to families and to children. So we're very I'm very excited about that. You know when you think about this role uh, of first lady it's really one that you can develop uh, based on your passions and things that you are passionate about. I'm sure it has been difficult though at times being drawn in so many different directions. Of course, there's never not a bad cause, right? There's always support that can be given in the community. Uh, how have you managed that, uh, that role of trying to find those things to support when there is obviously a big need in the community, but finding those areas where you were able to 
hone in on a few areas and some of the things that you were able to provide to these nonprofits and organizations that needed your support? You know, I think you really look at what you're passionate about because you are going to be working on this. Um, you're going to be spending a lot of time on working on a project. And so you have to be passionate about what you're doing. You'll have challenges that come along the way or difficulties, and you have to be able to be patient enough to navigate through them. And for me, uh, I think it was easy because I'm an educator. And when you're a teacher and an administrator, you are just so passionate about education and helping our children. Uh, that's been part of my life for a very long time. So I continued in that path. One of the things that um, I learned was uh, as, as an educator, children are hungry. If they're hungry, they can't learn. So as a result, I focused on uh, bre the breakfast program at our school because at the same time, participation for the breakfast program was very low. So we started a program called Jumpstart Breakfast, start your day with a healthy breakfast and encourage kids to eat breakfast at the schools. And this was done prior to the pandemic so we wanted kids to come to school, eat breakfast. But in that process, we learned that kids don't get up in time, they skip breakfast. So we looked for alternative ways of serving breakfast, such as um, breakfast after the bell or breakfast in the classroom and or grab and go breakfast. This was before the pandemic, grab and go breakfast, take your breakfast and you can eat out in the schoolyard. Uh, that seemed to have worked out very well. And we had we brought in a champion as well to help with this project. That was Marcus Mariota. Uh, he was a champion of breakfast and that helped just give more visibility to the cause. You know, as your time wraps up, of course, you've kind of lived in this, uh, I, won't, I don't want to say bubble, but you've lived in this area right across the street from the state capitol mm -hmm. uh, in the governor's residence. Now you're going to be moving on, uh, getting back to somewhat of a normal life. Uh, is there anything that you're looking forward to in, in leaving this for us, First Lady? Anything that you are now going to be able to do that maybe you haven't been able to do so much in the last eight years? You know, I'm really excited. I love Washington Place, and it's been such a privilege and honor to be able to live here. But I am looking forward to moving back into our home, uh, our, our home for it's been our home for a very long time. So it's nice to be able to live there, to be able to be back into our IAEA community uh, and to be able to see our neighbors again. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, just the everyday life. You know, people have asked me, one of the questions people have asked me was about driving. Have you driven yet? And the question is, yes, I have. I just uh, went out this past weekend on a Sunday with no traffic, did some practice driving, went out to IAEA and back and it went very well. So okay. rest assured. Okay. I'm okay on the road. <laughs> okay, so we see you on the street, uh, the roads, we, we know we'll, we'll still be safe. Uh, what, what about just some of the, what is the one thing that maybe you'll remember the most? Um, you know, we had mentioned and talked about some of your trips to DC, but was there any one event or, or any one moment that will stand out for you when looking back at these last eight years that you will remember the most? You know, um, I think one of the events that I'll remember the most combines education, Washington Place um, and children. And that was our celebration for the 175th anniversary of Washington Place. And at that event, we had a uh, opening ceremony here with 100, 100 students dancing a hula here on the property. In addition to that, we had over 2,300 fourth graders dancing to the same hula 
simultaneously and it was shared virtually here and throughout the country. And that was exciting to be able to bring that many children together for one event, one event at Washington Place in some respect, and to be able to, for them to learn a little bit about history, experience history in that kind of, in a digital way um, that they might never have done before. So that was quite memorable for me. And we had a fantastic committee that put together the event um, from all different parts of our business community, our arts and culture community, our historic Hawaii Foundation community that all came together to um, provide this event. You know, you're going to be passing the baton, so to speak, on to Jamie Green, who will be assuming the role uh, of First Lady when Governor-elect uh, Josh Green is sworn into office. Uh, have you spoken uh, with Jamie Green? And, and what maybe advice would you give to her as someone who's going to be uh, assuming this role as First Lady? You know, I did speak to uh, Jamie on election night, and I did share with Josh, uh, Governor-elect Green, I'm sorry, um, about the, the private home and what, how many bedrooms it had and uh, what the kitchen was like and so forth. And we have, uh, through our transition committees, invited them to come and take a tour of Washington Place. You know, my advice to, uh, to Jamie Green is to really um, take in the moment, take in every day. Every day will be something different. You'll have great days, you'll have more challenging days. And as you look for the things that you want to do, um, you always have to find your, what you're passionate about because that's the most important, to be able to fully commit to what you're doing because it does take a lot of commitment, a lot of patience, um, and a lot of creativity in trying to get things done. As you know, it's, it's so difficult oftentimes to get things done. But when you have the right people involved, you have, and the right, what, what I mean about the right people is very committed people, people very much committed to the cause. You can get remarkable things done in the community. You know, and I, I have to ask, as a, just a significant other to the leader of the state, you know, there, there's often a lot that gets placed on, that has been placed on the governor's shoulders and that will be placed on, on governor like Josh Green. Uh, how would you also just, uh, what would you say for, Jamie Green or for any future first lady or for a first husband for that matter on how you navigate that role of being that supportive spouse uh, while also I'm sure having your own thoughts and your own uh, you know uh, interpretations of things and your own ideas uh, how has that been to navigate that role of being that supportive significant other amidst some of the toughest challenges that the state faces with your uh, you know your husband you know, I think uh, the key is to stay true to yourself and to your values. I think that's the most important. You know, decision decision making is so so difficult to do for any leader to do because things are often not black and white. You know, you have to. There's a lot of gray in what you do. You have two sides of an issue, both uh, sides having um, you know valid reasons for having their side. So it's it's. Being a leader is a difficult role, but you really need to stay true to yourself, true to your values, and to be consistent and to be fair. And I think um, as a spouse, that's what kind of the path I took. I had to be, I had to know where I was with things and what was important to me and to be able to, to hold true to that because that's, uh, that's so important when times get 
gets really difficult. And you know, it's okay to take a break. It's okay as as a spouse, you have that that luxury to take a break every now and then and take care of yourself. And most importantly, take care of your family because your family will be, they were there with you at the beginning. They'll, they'll be there with you after the four years, eight years. And, you know, the family and close friends, they mean everything to me. And that's what, that's the advice that I would give. Let's talk a little bit about your family, your three kids. What are they saying as these uh, this time comes up? Are they looking forward to you guys being out of that Washington place and returning to your home? What what have what have the conversations been like with your children uh, as uh, your husband ends his term and you guys move on after this? You know, I think for uh, my three kids, uh, they're concerned about dad's driving. He hasn't driven for eight years, so that's the the first thing they tease him about. Um, I think they're looking forward to for us to be able to spend time right after uh, inauguration. We'll be going up to uh, the Pacific Northwest to go and visit them. I think they're looking forward to just spending more time and having that more casual time uh, with their dad. I think they're they're anxious to see how he's going to function <laughs> as a as a resident out in IAEA where he has to probably. Uh, mow the lawn himself so that should be i think they're finding some of that those ideas entertaining yeah there's a, been a lot of discussion and debate over what's next for your husband uh what would you uh, what could you see him doing next in, in this next chapter of your lives uh, together you know i'm not sure what he'll be doing next uh we are looking at all the opportunities that are before us you know he is still very passionate about technology education uh, and business. So we'll see what happens for him. I'm not sure what he's going to do next. We're going to just take the time to 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 figure things out and look at what's possible. And, and same question for you. What's next for you? I mean, there have been talks and, and some rumblings that you may uh, seek political office as well, that that might be something you're interested in. What's next for you professionally uh, as you move on here uh, out of this world as First Lady? You know, I'm leaving that option very open. Um, I have been able to see so many things. I've learned so much in this role that I'd like to be able to use what I've learned in the different places that I may end up in. I will continue to be involved in public service in some form, whether it be um, volunteer community service or not sure what's going to be next. Uh, my area will continue to be education and possibly uh, universal preschool. I, I think that's something that I'm very passionate about because that's uh, we need our children to be in school early so they can have that good solid foundation. And the legislature just appropriated um, money to begin this process. So I'm very excited about that. But we'll see what happens next. I, I'm. I'm excited about the future and the possibilities. Uh, you know, as we wrap up our time here, I wanted to also allow you just, uh, you know, some closing thoughts as we end uh, to just talk, speak to the people of Hawaii. I mean, you know, this is a role that you've made your own in the last eight years. Uh, as we've talked about some of the accomplishments and things you've been able to do over this last half hour, uh, you've highlighted a number of things. But, but overall, uh, what is your message to the people of Hawaii as you leave this role uh, in a few weeks as First Lady? You know, I, to the people of Hawaii, I want to thank you so much um, 
for all your patience, for all your support, and you know, for the way you've welcomed me into so many events that I've attended. I just want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for that. It has been such a privilege to be able to work with all of you. And we have such remarkable people in our community that often don't get the recognition they really deserve. They, they rise up above the challenges before them, big and small, to be able to do great things for our community. So I think we have to celebrate what we have. We have to really celebrate the people that we have working for us and whether whatever walks of life they come through, whatever titles they may hold, uh, we really need to be thankful during this holiday season for all that people have done for Hawaii and for this community. And that's to each and every one of you. All right. Well, First Lady Donna Mano Ige, thank you so much for taking time this morning to reflect back on these last eight days. Certainly went by very quickly yes. uh, and, and we're excited to see what happens uh, from here for you and your husband and uh, if there is any other future political office or maybe just in the public world in general we look forward to seeing uh, what you do next but thanks so much for spending time with us this morning thank you aloha well great to hear from first lady donna mano Ige. she reflects back on her last eight years here serving alongside her husband of course governor david Ige, and preparing for this transition into a normalcy of a normal life. You heard one of the things that she had said is one of the things she's looking forward to is just returning back to their home in IAEA. As we spoke to the governor a few weeks ago, they said that their house is actually currently still under renovation, something that they are looking to get done hopefully soon, uh, but they, they are also waiting for permits to be completed. Uh, not the only ones on the island that are waiting for permits to be uh, cleared through, but they are looking forward to getting back to somewhat of a normal life in, in IAEA and also mentioned that she did some practice driving. So she feels very confident about hitting the roads again. Of course, the governor and first lady uh, for the last eight years have had uh, their own security detail that have tra traveled with them and been their drivers. So that's one of the transitions back into normal life is, of course, just hitting the roadways. But great to hear from her. Uh, she listed a bunch of things that she has been able to work on over these last eight years, of course, focusing in on education as well as developments to Washington place. And we also heard from her that she's leaving the door open on maybe a potential run for political office of her own. Of course, she would not be the first lady, uh, the, the, the first first lady to enter into the world of politics. Uh, as we know that Vicky Cayetano uh, ran for governor this past year, but we'll see what's next for Donna Mano Ige, as well as Governor Ige, as we welcome in uh, the new administration and governor-elect Josh Green, who we will be speaking to on this program next month. We also have a number of guests lined up already for next week. Uh, we are going to be taking Friday off, so wish all of you a very happy Thanksgiving holiday, uh, and we'll be right back here next Monday with another edition of Spotlight Hawaii. Until then, take care and happy Thanksgiving. Aloha. This episode of Spotlight Hawaii is brought to you by Long Drugs.